Welcome sentient beings from all known universes and beyond. It's time to activate your cranial downlinks and prepare to receive a raft of discussion on the cosmic ocean of science fiction and fantasy topics, interviews with local area genre devotees, and insightful prognostication by our soothsayers of science fiction, our forecasters of fantasy, and any other beings that happen to get caught in our gravity well. This is the Galactic Driftwood Podcast. Well, now we just need a show that lives up to the intro. No, indeed. <laughs> Hello out there, and welcome to the first episode of the Galactic Driftwood Podcast. I'm Bill. I'm John. I'm Charles. I'm Audie. And uh, hopefully we'll provide some entertaining information and uh, thoughtful discussion uh, in each of our podcasts going forward. Um, <clears throat> I think we should start off with a, a little background about ourselves. Indeed. Let the audience know who we are. So, John, why don't you oh, take me it? first? All right. Uh, my name is John Powers. I am a professor of anthropology at the University of Nebraska Omaha. I am a paranormal investigator. I am a field investigator for the Mutual UFO Network. I do cosplay with a group called the 402nd Guardians. Uh, Star Trek, Star Wars, sorry, cosplay. Uh, and I run a, a small nerd page known as Just Another Nerd Thing. Please feel free to join. All right. It's on Facebook. Just look up Just Another Nerd Thing. Just Another Nerd Thing. All right. Well, I'm uh, Bill Newman, and um, I've been a fan of science fiction since I was probably nine or ten. Started out with uh, Lost in Space, moved to Star Trek, and uh, just was hooked from there on out. And um, <clears throat> I uh, do cosplay as well. Um, I'm a member of the Steampunk Society of Nebraska. Um, so I do a lot of steampunk along with my wife, and uh, we also um, cosplay uh, Doctor Who quite a bit. Um, I do a War Doctor cosplay, and uh, Linda does several of the female characters that have been companions or friends of the Doctor. Um, and outside of that, we like to go to cons. We go to uh, Tesla Con uh, quite frequently, and um, we were out at Gallifrey One in San Diego this year, early this year. I think that was in February. Had a great time there, and um, going to British Fest that's coming up in a couple of weeks, I think, with you guys. And um, so I just love watching science fiction and talking about science fiction. So that's kind of my history in a nutshell, Charles. Yeah, I don't quite have the credentials. <laughs> so, uh, for your, a living, your I'm pedigree an pedigree is fine. We love you just yeah, as I you know. are. Yeah, I know. Anyway, as a live for a living, I'm an engineer. Yeah, but uh, and I think I've always been a sci-fi fan. I don't think I've ever delved into it uh, as, as fanatically as, as we fanatically. Have. And I and I, I and and the be honest, day is from, young. from talking with you guys. It's like, by the end of the day, Lately, you don't know. You might have a blue I head. have missed out on a lot of stuff just because I have not had given myself the opportunity for the exposure. Right. Uh, I've also, I think in my time, have been overcritical. I probably will always be, but you guys have talked me into watching and paying attention to things that normally left on my own I would have set aside too early. Right, right. 
Sometimes so. you got to stick with something after the, for the first few episodes, just because that's when a lot of the characters are getting their legs right and uh, starting to learn their their stuff. So, indeed, right, and that's what we expect of our audience. Right, right. <laughs> stick with us because <laughs> hopefully it'll get better from here on out. All right. I think that's about it for me. Okay, know, awesome for the moment. Audie. Yeah, I'm Audie Thacker, and I'm here too. <laughs> I've been a sci-fi fan since age six. Not quite as uh, obsessed with it as most people. That's hard. As we are. Yes, yes. But I'm learning. I'm I'm changing my ways. Yes. You said the guy who's going to be dressed up as a cowboy in a... In, in a sci-fi yeah, yeah. 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 Going, going. I have dabbled in cosplay. Yeah. And you're bit. going to TeslaCon this I'm year. I'm going to TeslaCon. Nice. Probably as a cowboy. Yeah. But it's a it's a period yeah. equivalent costume. So. Yeah. So TeslaCon's a, a an annual um, convention, a full immersion kind of convention um, in Madison, Wisconsin. And uh, what was I going to say about that? Oh. So this year, uh, the theme is the Battle of Britain, and so it'll be, you know, pretty much anything, but kind of concentrated on, I think, military theme stuff. But pretty much anything goes. Yeah. So uh, it should be should be a lot of fun. So it'll be Audie's first trip. Yep. And John's going as well. John, mm-hmm. it'll be your first trip. Yes. And tell us about your costume that you're planning. I am planning a, a steampunk. Uh, Techno Mage. Nice. Uh, I'm playing several, which I I actually need to confer with you about the engineer idea I have. Okay. But it's like I I still have the Dorian Kettletop, which is your basic rogue kind of guy. Rogue steamship or airship captain. Yeah, just rolling around. Almost like a pirate. Yeah, yeah. A drunken pirate. Yeah, if he cared, he'd he'd be a pirate. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Yeah, but you know, you see where I'm going. Yeah. The... Not a persona. None of these personas are ones that I've uh, cultivated much, but we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Right. Mostly, I'm a, I'm a, a Jedi, right. In terms of my cosplay, but well, the, this weekend this is a new day. That weekend at Chessacon will give you a lot of time to per- perfect your indeed persona, indeed your backstories. Taking my Jedi with me anyway. So nice. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and the other thing is too, they have a. Um, uh, professional photographer there that has a green screen and then he's got like a computer and a book with like a thousand backdrops and so if you have different cosplays that you do you can bring them go down and select what background you want and whatever pose you want to do and they'll put you right in it and they add like um uh firing you know uh flares to guns you know like a like you're shooting the gun so they can put a flare on it like it's just fired. They can do all kinds of stuff. They put, uh, one year they put my wife Linda in the arms of an octopus. So, yeah. yeah. Well, so that'll be fun. That'll be neat. Yeah. And the um, the vendor room at TeslaCon is, is amazing. The vendors they have there, uh, top-notch quality, really cool stuff. Um, hats that look like dragon's heads. Uh yeah, you name it. If you're looking for holsters, um, bandoliers, you're looking for outfits, hats, uh, whatever, Bill, boots. Bill, Bill likes his steampunk. 
That's basically the message we're getting here. Yeah. I mean, a lot of, a lot of cool stuff there. So, but anyway, so that's kind of a brief introduction of all of us. Uh, there's one person you haven't met yet, Allison Betty. Uh, she's going to be an intern. Um, but there's two of them, Bill. Uh, no, it's one person, Allison Betty. Her name's Allison. Her name's Allison, yeah, Allison Betty. <laughs> so, anyway, she's she'll be here, she'll be starting uh, next weekend. Okay, yeah, we'll, we'll ask her when she Her gets next here. podcast. Yeah, so we'll, we'll, we'll get to the bottom of it. Apparently, John thinks there's two for some reason. Maybe you're having double vision. But I've met her. Two. Her name is uh, Allison. Two. Alice or two Allison? Bill. Allison. Two. All right, well, all right, so uh, where are we? Um, so, oh, Comic-Con. All right. Um, we just attended a Comic-Con last weekend. Yes. And uh, what was your impression of it? John was there for all oh, three days. Yeah. I loved it. All day, every day. Yeah. Man, I was tired. Now, you did a panel there, right? Yes, I did. What was your panel about? Space travel. Real space travel. Uh, like... All, all, most of the space travel you see <coughs> in science fiction is impossible. Basically defies the laws of physics. In fact, they exploit the laws of physics to do that. Um, and it makes for a better story, I understand. That's, and that's kind of why I like uh, The Expanse, which is a show that just got transferred to Amazon uh, going into season four. I highly recommend watching the past seasons uh, because... They do space travel the way it's supposed to. Yeah. If you if to speed up, you have to you know accelerate, accelerate, and, and the acceleration does things to your body. Right. And it's like to slow down, same thing. You have to turn around and right, and you're thrusting in the opposite direction. And it's it it'll, it's very good scientifically. Right. I like that. And when you're not thrusting, you're free floating unless you have gravity boots. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I like I talked about various aspects right. of space travel as we do it. Uh, one of the more fascinating parts is fission propulsion. There is fission propulsion. In the 50s, they were doing atomic tests in the desert, and they actually blew a steel plate into orbit. So they got the idea of Project Orion, which now there's a Project Orion that is the capsule that, they're that they were planning to use to send men to the moon. But the past Project Orion involved people Sitting on top of on a spaceship on top of a huge steel plate underneath an atomic bomb, mm. and they blow up the atomic bomb to blow them into space. That sounds inherently dangerous. Yes, it does. I don't think I'd <laughs> want to write an atomic bomb into space. It's very fast, though. It, it, Charles is an engineer. Yeah, how, how are they getting back down? <laughs> <laughs> Probably the same way they got back down before. It's like uh, ablation through the atmosphere to slow them down. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you yeah, wouldn't well, want to... Each, to each his own. That's yeah. what I, I mean, using an atomic bomb as a retro rocket to slow your descent, that would be challenging because then wouldn't you be descending into the mushroom cloud? Well, you don't want to use that to descend yeah. when you've got atmospheric braking. And, right. You know, but yeah. what if you're landing on the moon? Uh, or the, even Mars, where they have, you know, well, then a lot I, less I atmosphere think, than we've I got. I think simple thrusters would work for the mm -hmm. one-sixth gravity of the moon or even the one-quarter gravity of of Mars. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, much better. But yeah, yeah. I, I don't think it's a way to break. It doesn't yeah. seem to be a very good way to break. No. So, yeah. All right. Well, All right. But that's just one thing I talked about at Comic Con. Right. It was very well received. I had a good time. Cool. Yeah, so, no, I, I, but I, I do think that the Epstein Drive is probably a better solution than the atomic yeah. bomb. Yeah. Mm. That's the, uh, the Epstein Drive, for those that don't is know, is the fusion drive. The drive yeah. that they use in The Expanse, the TV show that was on science fiction, now moving to Amazon. That's how they, and it's uh, like, I don't know, supposedly 99% well, efficient, they say. So and they, it, it can be because. So they use it all the time. The, the whole model is of a star. And the problem, fusion's not impossible. We've done it for milliseconds. It's just we can't keep fueling it once the reaction starts. A star has that pressure thing of, you know, uh, a whole stellar mass pushing fuel into the reaction. Right. Uh, the Epstein drive is simply uh, Epstein figured out how to fuel it. It's like it, it, it's self-sustaining. It's very efficient. Um, fusion gives off water as a byproduct. It's, it's really quite efficient. And we can uh, only use the water. But it, mm -hmm. sounds, it sounds like Epstein figured out how to actually make it work the way it's supposed to work. Right. To his detriment. He right. wasn't. He wasn't it, uh, spoiler alert, Epstein turned on his drive, it flattened him to a seed, and he died of a stroke because he couldn't get out. Right. Because it was a continuous acceleration, yeah. and it accelerated At continually, geez, continuously yeah. faster and faster and yeah. faster. So, yeah. But he discovered... The Epstein, efficient fusion drive. He yeah. discovered an efficient drive, which was then named after him posthumously. Mm -hmm. Sad. Nice. Sad. But yeah, no, I had a good time at Comic Con. I yeah. did. Um, Any panels you went to that you liked? Um, no. <laughs> Actually, it's like I, I, was, I was stunningly busy. Trying mm. to track down all the people I want to take pictures of. And so there weren't. You're not saying that there weren't any good panels. There were just I none that you made it to. You missed them. all of them. Uh, I went the to, one panel I liked was the one I went to with you yeah. on uh, podcasting, and I missed the one before that because I was right. I was out and about. But yeah, there were two panels on podcasting. One was the first. The first panel was a bunch of podcasters that had gone grouped together and formed a network to share tips and techniques and stuff like that with each other. And that was very informative. And then the following one was, you know, okay, so you want to start a podcast. Here's some of the things you need to think about and consider, and here's some um, tools you can use and some resources to publish your podcast. So they, they were both very good. So these and days, was, what's the most common costume? Sorry, oh, that's fine. No, no go ahead. <laughs> well, what did you see the most? Um... Let me think. Um, well, there's always always a lot of Star Wars stuff at these things. Um, I saw more Harley Quinns than anything. There else. were, yeah, there and there were, were a lot, lot of, of uh, Wonder Women. A lot of Wonder Women. It's like they seem to have taken the place of the slave Leia of the late 90s, early 2000s at yeah. these cons. In those days, you couldn't swing a dead cat without hitting like five slave Leias. And now it's the same for Harley Quinns and... Wonder Women, they're just all over the place, hmm. which is great. I mean, it's yeah. it's cool. Now, um, in the um, guy who won Best in Show, a guy named Josh Cato, uh, is actually going to be a guest of ours on a future podcast here, and uh, we're going to talk to him. He's uh, been doing cosplay for a number of years, and um, 
Uh, he's a little bit different from the way John and I do our cosplay because John and I buy our outfits mm-hmm. um, from somebody else. So somebody else sews them together and makes the material, and then we buy that because yeah. um, we're yeah, well, we're busy and we're lazy. Well, I think I have a great Jedi, and you have a great uh, war doctor. Yeah. Yeah, we don't go into co- uh, cosplay competitions because right. we didn't build it. And it's like, and I, I fully appreciate that. Yeah. It's like, the love that goes into some of these costumes is intense. A lot of people put hard work. And Josh hard is one work. of these guys. So yeah. he taught himself sewing. And, I mean, yeah. now he builds all of his own costumes. And, and they they're are awesome. they're amazing. amazingly detailed. And, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, so, to the point where, like, he lines the inside of the pockets, which you would never see mm-hmm. in a cosplay. But he lines the inside and lines the insides of suits. And, I mean, it's, yeah, yeah it's pretty good. So it'll be fun to talk to yeah. him and find out. What kind of motivated him to do that, and um, yeah, yeah, what what his future I'd, plans? I'd are. like to do that just so, but I really don't think I could handle my first failure. Mm. It's like to work on something and it's not right, and yeah. you can't fix it yeah. because you you made a flaw that's basic. Definitely a lot of learning. With yeah, that. and mm-hmm. I don't think I could handle that first failure. Yeah, and it's like I feel bad about that, but right, I do. Yeah, I. You know, creating costumes and putting together, well, the actual uh, material of the costume and sewing it has never been of interest to me. I'm more of a accessories guy, you know, mm-hmm. um, gadgets like uh, little time machine boxes or, you know, uh, you know, light weapons or things like that. <clears throat> so that's kind of where I where I get my pleasure out of cosplay. I, I, I buy the clothes and then I build the the accessories for the it. goodies. So, yeah, yeah. So that's what I enjoy. Yeah. So, yeah. So that was, um, that was uh, Comic-Con kind of in a nutshell. And then, of course, uh, two weeks from today, actually, is British Fest. And we're actually going to be doing an episode of this very podcast there live. So that should be kind of exciting. Hopefully it will be exciting. Right. And we'll be able to interact with a live audience. So... We're going to have to station a security guard at the door and make sure that they, you know, um, liberate everybody from any fruit they might have so that they're not throwing it at us on stage. (laughs) (laughs) They are pretty good about such things. I have done podcasts from uh, British Press before. They're they're good people. Oh, and we're going to have buttons, uh, galactic podcast buttons for people to wear. So that'll be really exciting. I actually uh, worked on the template for that last night. So, well, excellent. Can't have enough buttons. Can't you have cannot. enough buttons. <laughs> no, it's all about the bling. Yeah, it is. It right. is. It's all about yeah. Yeah. Touching a piece of galactic driftwood. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Feels woody. The, yes. <laughs> well, it's driftwood. Yes, we're going. We're we're, we're slipping <laughs> into murky territory, shall we say? Yeah. Let's. All right, let's, well, uh, let's, uh, shall we move along? Yes, so, let's move along. Let's talk a little bit about some uh, breaking news. Um, I don't know if you guys had heard about this, but HBO has just placed a series order for a series called The Neavers. It's by Josh Wheaton, who you will probably recall as a creator of Firefly and Buffy the Vampire Slayer and uh, Dollhouse, which I never watch. Um, it was a good show. Yeah. Um, good. Uh, the Neavers 
is described as an epic science fiction drama about a gang of Victorian women who find themselves with unusual abilities, relentless enemies, and a mission that might change the world. So I kind of like the sound of this because it kind of, to me, I start picturing steampunk right away because it's Victorian. Victorian science fiction. Victorian science fiction. So I've already, I'm already pretty excited about this. Um, and, you know, what's not to like about Relentless Enemies? Um, I, 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 I'm not a, not a fan of Relentless Enemies. You're not? Not, not really. Well, I'm talking about in science fiction, though. I mean, what would Star Wars have been without Darth Vader? Well, that's true. That right? is true. Right? But and, and actually, it's not just relentless enemies, but it's epic enemies, right? They yeah. have to be larger than life mm-hmm. villains. Because mm-hmm. you can have somebody that's relentless, you know, like a mosquito, but yeah. hardly epic, right? <laughs> well, yeah. um, okay. Okay, well, so... You're, you're implying already a Vader-level... No, no, I'm not. I'm just saying it says right here, relentless enemies. It doesn't say epic, but I'm hoping... I, I have a bit of problem with... with you, you need relentless for there to be character development. Yes. If it yeah. was just epic... Right. The character might be off killed every, off. Every episode. Kill off the villain, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Well, That's not fun. And I guess my only concern is I like shows where... It's unpredictable. There's a villain, but the villain could get killed, or some of the heroes could get killed. Like yeah, I, I, I like shows where because after a while, you know. Although I, I, I like regular cast. It's like I, I like to see that. There's, I do. You there's get a chance. You get you get yeah. used to regular cast, but yeah. like with the original Lost in Space, you knew every week. No matter what the preview was for the next week, no matter what disaster they faced, in joy if that whole ship blew up. <laughs> <laughs> if the Jupiter two had gone up in a just a pillar of flame, I would have, I would have been yes. You hated that show. I thought it, I thought was, it was tedious awful. and well uh, and uh, pedantic and. When I was a kid, I'm using I loved big it. words to say it sucked. <laughs> yeah, when I was a kid, I loved it. Um, now when I look back on it, it's pretty ridiculous. Yeah. I did actually, not. actually, you know, if you watch the first few episodes, and you showed f- me that you did, and they're right. It's the like, first few episodes were very serious, and yes, Doctor Smith were, was a much darker was, character, was darker and much less ridiculous. Yes, he was. And, he was actually very serious. He right. was very, very on point to yeah. what you would expect him to be doing, and it's actually very good. And then someone then it started got ridiculous. smoking the ganj it, and doing whatever it is that they ended up doing for, it, what, six seasons? Yeah, you got to be very campy. Uh, um, almost like after episode three, it was like... Yeah, I know. It, it like, started taking a turn for the worse. Yeah. Which is sad. It, but about that time... Uh, they were, um, well, well, they were letting kids watch this thing, though. I mean, that was meant yeah. for a kid. It's meant... Well, it's meant for family entertainment. So kids yeah, and, so and you family... Yeah, so can't have the bad guy be too bad. No. But Star Trek... Did it yes. in a way that it stimulated adults without being uh, pedantic. Something that kids didn't like because I love yeah. Star Trek. Yeah, right. It's I a did. little preachy sometimes. The Star Trek. Well, yeah, but, but it's not campy. It was never really welcome. Campy. Welcome to, to humanism. Yeah. What do you think that we do as <laughs> humans? Now, I had an like... aunt who was born in the twenties uh-huh. and was a Star Trek fan. 
So oh, yeah. it, it appealed to adults as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So right. Yeah, it doesn't Whereas, have to be stupid to yeah. be good science fiction on TV for kids. And that's that's then that's right. the unforgivable sin of Lost in Space, the original. Yeah. Yeah. Is that it decided to cater to the lowest common denominator. Yeah. Sadly it worked. Yeah. <laughs> well, it. and you know, initially, uh, when Doctor Who first came out, the it was targeted towards children, but it was meant to be educational. And uh-huh. the doctor was supposed to be more like uh his he was supposed to have more of a educational role so they were doing a lot of things where they were going back in history and talking about things in history and stuff like that and then of course it it evolved over the years to be more more entertainment but uh, mm-hmm. just like the history the, channel into right. the, <laughs> <laughs> the timey wimey good time that it is now yes yeah. yes yeah. big fan of the new series and well, speaking I'm, of the yeah, new I'm, series I'm, 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 but, um, well yeah I got Something you got a little that, tidbit to throw that, in. Well, it's for you, actually. It's like, actually, you are a fan. I mean, I'm a fan. I like Doctor Who, but I'm the, a huge the fan. new, the Thirteenth Doctor. Yep, Jodie Whittaker is a woman. Is a woman, yeah. and that's that's a paradigm breaker, right yeah, there. Yeah, I think that's great. Is, I think it's going to. Is she going to have a companion? Is it going to be a man? Uh, she's actually uh, going to have three companions. Uh, there's going to be. Yeah, well, old, I guess the an older guy had Pond and uh, Rory. Yeah, it ended up that way. Uh, there's an older guy that looks like I'd say he's maybe in his fifties, and then there's um, uh, a woman, and then another younger guy. I'm trying to picture him in my mind. I can't. Hmm? So they have, a, but a there's wide three. I know there's of three of them, and I don't think we know their names yet. I don't think unless. Um, Comic-Con in San Diego is happening this weekend, yeah. so they may come out with that. Well, this is where I got this. It's okay. like they had Comic-Con International. Uh, the Doctor's famous villains will not be there. There will be no metal men. There will be no Daleks. There will be none of the traditional uh, villains. Right. There will be no traditional situations. Oh. There will be no anything from the past. This will be... Uh, and they're, they're doing this on purpose to make... Uh, Doctor Who watchable by new audiences. And I agree with this completely. Mm-hmm. Because even, I understand the Daleks a little bit, but I also know there's like a 50-year history of the Daleks. Yeah. And it intimidates me to feel like I've missed 50 years of, right. the, of the past. Yeah. And it's like, and then the, the during these episodes, they talk about like time wars and things that happened way back. It's like, did I miss that? To, you know, well, the, well, no, the time war actually it, it, it was only talked matter. about it in the news. It doesn't matter series, what it is. Yeah, it doesn't matter what it is. If it happened or if it's something that's just in the past, I feel like I can't catch up. Okay. So this is an effort, right, to make people feel like they can watch it without having to study fifty years of Doctor Who lore. Right. And it's a good idea. It is. Yeah. I, I like it. No, I think it, I think it's good because I think it'll force them to come up with new stories. Yeah. Um, as opposed to relying on, well, I'm glad they come up with that. new stories, but the using the old characters, you kind of know everything about yeah, the Daleks and the Cybermen, and you've seen. Very glad to hear you say that because you're the demographic I thought would resist the most. Oh no, I being like the old school Doctor. I want to see. I want to see new monsters. I want to see new villains. I want to see. I, I like new but stuff. At least for uh, at least for this first season, there will be none of the old. 
As no, long no. as they keep the TARDIS. I'm sure they, they have to keep the TARDIS. Right. And the sonic screwdriver, although there's already a lot of backlash about the new sonic yeah, screwdriver. Yeah, I've seen the new sonic screwdriver, and it's uh, it looks more organic. The old sonic screwdrivers were definitely I wish we could use that screen in the back and put up a picture. Yeah. Well, well, is there a way we can, we can do that? What's, so uh, did, the ba- did the bad guys on Doctor Who have depth then? I mean, do we yeah. know why they are they... Yes. The type of people that were started out good and got corrupted somehow yes. or Yeah, it depends upon yeah. Yeah. Um, it depends upon the the creature like the Daleks. They were a race and they kind of um irradiated their planet with nuclear war and uh they had to encase themselves in metal boxes to block out the radiation and but it drove them insane over years. So now all they want to do is exterminate all life that is not Dalek. So they're that's what they do. They go through the universe exterminating races and stuff. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, it's kind of like that. And you got the Cybermen, you know, that want to um, delete anyone that is not a Cyberman. They they either convert you to Cybermen and you serve their purpose, or they delete you. So, and there's you know, a whole plethora of alien species that we've been introduced to over the years. But they and the, and they used a number of those in the in the revised Doctor Who. But then they also came up with a lot of new new monsters and new races as well. So, but this will be kind of cool, I think, because <clears throat> it's a whole new Doctor. It'll be all new races, new adventures, new things that we'll learn probably about the Doctor and Gallifrey and all that kind of stuff. So. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I can't wait to see the first new episode. So. No, I, it's, um, there's going to be some backlash, though. You know that. In fact, most old old school Doctor Who fans are not going to be pleased with this particular transition. Even even the ones that are okay. Yeah. With transitioning to a woman. Yeah. What, well, to, I, to, to to change yeah. so much. I mean, I am totally for all of this. Because it, it, to me, it'll make Doctor Who much more watchable. Because I'm not the passionate old school fan, but these old school fans may not be progressive enough to handle a woman being the Doctor. Also, they might not. It might just anger them even further to know that none of their old scenarios will be played out this whole season. Yeah, well, so, that's very possible. <laughs> but I think um, I think the. Uh, Exciting thing is all the new people that may get attracted to it just because of the changes. And look at all the women now that can play the doctor. Mm-hmm. I think it's time that women had a doctor oh, role agree. model that they could that they could play. It's so fifty years out of out of out of date. Yeah, it's time. Right, right. It's time. Right. What do you I mean, think? Star Charles? Trek had a female captain in Janeway, mm-hmm. right? Well, no. I, yeah, I was just thinking about Star. I mean, Star Trek made some. In leaps, and, progressive yeah, so, leaps, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. and I, I don't, I'm not aware of a backlash, but I wasn't paying attention to that kind of thing at the time. Yeah, with any of them. But. Yeah, I don't think at the time there was a backlash in there. Well, you know, there was no social media back then, back, right? Yeah. So, you know, people just got on and watched, and it was a different world back then because you couldn't stream the episodes. Well, I mean, even with with the newer Star Treks, there's. Yeah, I don't hear about. Right, there was a backlash though when the Next Generation premiered, 
and they had a bald captain. And I remember. Yeah. Oh yeah, I remember that too. Remember, there was a yeah. lot of controversy. People at just least the hated first season, the new captain. Yeah. Well, and he was literate and kind of stuffy. Right. Uh, right. Yeah. But I think he went on to become one of the truly great captains. Oh, he has. He has. Yeah. It took a couple seasons. I mean, for I think he's probably to. my my favorite. But I think yeah. that's become for. Uh, yeah. Yeah. As far as uh, well, and he doesn't overact. Right. Yeah. No. Right. Right. Well, in Shatner's defense, he it was a time when the special effects weren't so good. So it was like if you saw an alien battleship approaching, the only thing you could do is make like, there's the alien battleship. There was no way you could show it because you couldn't make it. Now in this CGI heavy world, it, you know we can show all the things we want. Yeah. Much easier to act, but in in Bill's day, it was all sold by the face. Right. And, yeah, he is the the king of the hams. Adi, you were going to say something about Star Trek. Uh, the Next Generation came along uh, before Janeway. Yeah. Captain Picard was answering to female admirals. Right. So, right. Right. Good point. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, they they kind of had um, in, in that regard, I think, as far as, you know, diversity. Um, yeah. of, of roles and and uh, uh, in fact uh, one episode is just a brief scene where uh, one of the crewmen is working on some technical panel and he's wearing the tunic that you expect to see in a woman oh yeah, yeah that yeah. was the first episode and you never saw it again yeah never saw it so they, they tried a lot of things in yeah. that first day it's yeah. like you know, I kind of wish they kept the tunic and gotten rid of Wesley, but you know, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yes, I agree so with that. All, yeah. all good. Yeah. Much as I love Will Wheaton right now, he's, yeah. he's like king of the nerds. He's he's yeah. he is awesome. Mm-hmm. Ooh, Wesley just chafed me. Yeah, it was it was just. Uh, I, don't, I don't think anybody liked Wesley. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. He didn't he didn't bother me that much when I watched it, but you know, I like. I pretty much like everything. He started well, out kind yeah. of in the background too. So. Yeah, but then he's on the bridge all the time. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. like, and I, it's, he it's was like an acting ensign. I'm like watching Star Trek. Yeah, and then it's like, here comes Wesley. I'm sad. I'm just like, it's yeah. like, it's like almost like someone flipped a switch. It's like, ah, I don't want to watch this. Anymore. But if you, but that's because you're an old geezer like me. No, I was, I wasn't in. And if I you were a young man. kid at Wesley's age, you would have said, I was like, that eight. could be me. Sitting yeah. on this the might make of the you feel old, but I was only like 18 when it came out. Yeah. You know, was it's a, like, I was not an old man when, when, uh, so I was in high next generation. Yeah. Next generation. Yeah. But, although I have pondered if the dislike of Wesley is just a jealousy thing. <laughs> uh, it could I mean, be, you know, well, maybe that's at, what it at is. that age. At that maybe age, because I remember going, you, and he yeah. always struck me as a brat for and one right, thing. But right. even, yeah. even in high school, even when I was his age, he struck me as a brat. Uh, okay, was probably a little older than him, but you know, yeah, that, and yeah, and Might nobody have been jealousy. Lets, jealousy, yeah, no one. It lets, could be John. You know, if you thought about the jealousy angle, I, I just I, let him on the bridge, and I, sure. I had to. Jump through all sorts of hoops to learn how to drive. I would love, <laughs> I would love to be on Star Trek. I would, I would love to be on the bridge of an Enterprise. Yeah, but if I had to be Wesley to do it, I no, I I I, I don't, I don't think. What I if could. they were going to make you an acting ensign? 
the John it, Powers acting ensign on the because you're if I had to because actually, you're uh, super bright and you know things. All right, science and no, no. See, you just brought up the know things and that really weird, creepy voice you just said made me think <laughs> of the traveler. Yeah, the traveler <laughs> oh, episode. Yeah. Oh, oh, it's like. That was the most pedophilic episode I've ever seen in my life. It's like the traveler shows up. It's like, Wesley, get in my time van. (laughs) And we're going to go through the stars together. And he ended up leaving with him. I'm like, no, don't get in the van, Wesley, no. (laughs) Felt bad for Wesley at that time. No. And and his mother's like right there crying. It's like, I'm going to miss you. No, don't let him go. (laughs) Don't do it. Bad things are going to happen. Well, Audie, what did you think of Wesley? Were you a fan? I, thinking back on it now, I did find him rather annoying. Yeah. 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 Of course, I'm of the older generation, and he's just a bratty little kid to me. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, now, uh, let's go around. Who who was everybody's favorite captain? Audie, we'll start. Well, I have to go with Picard, yeah. Yeah. It's going to be Picard for me, too. Yeah, Picard's mine. Kirk. Kirk. James T. Kirk. All the way. You're a Kirk man. No, Kirk, and, and Kirk would a, be my second. It is. He is absolutely uh, a flagrant violation of everything the Federation stands for. He doesn't listen to anybody. He does right. whatever he wants. He always beams down in the landing party, right? Which is dumb. If, if think about the number of times on the original series that the entire command crew beamed down to the surface yeah. of the planet, yeah, leaving like Ensign Ricky in charge of the whole <laughs> ship, and it's like, right? It's like. Damn. But it wasn't always. They're all there. There's, there's Spock. There's the chief medical officer, McCoy. Yep. Uhura's here. Chekhov's there. Right. Who's left? Well, like, but if you're uh, going into a dangerous Scottish. situation, yeah, don't you want to take your A game with you? Yeah, but they're not. They're, they're, their A game is running the ship. Well, it's but like, anybody can run the ship because the ship is not a crisis situation. It, well, the planet it is if you don't have anyone in, to run it. The planet you're running into the unknown. I mean, look. Ensign Crusher can drive the ship. Yes. Take yeah. your a, you if don't want you engine, remember correctly. You don't want Ensign Crusher beaming down to the planet. No. Tripping over a a a, a box of plants. Yeah, they do. And that, creating a international uh-huh. crisis. But interplanetary. Interplanetary, yes, right? But 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 you have all kinds of disposable red shirts just sitting around. <laughs> Send them. Well, you down. take them with you. If you if you run out, you go back to Starfleet and you get some more. Right. <laughs> you go right. back to the planet. You you don't beam down. All right, send Spock. Send Spock. If you want to send somebody important, send your second command, and not the rest of your command crew. Spock well, and, and some in retro. the next generation, that's what they started to do because yes, the did. captain stayed on and the little. Right. But it, uh, it, it is down. very inefficient, I think, to have the same people that are running the ship day to day. Yeah. Also, being the landing party, I understand need... Hollywood necessity, but yeah, the yeah. idea. Is but the costs. other thing, the other thing to to keep in mind is that the starship is running seven by twenty-four, and those crew members that we see that are the heroes of the show are not running that ship seven by twenty-four. They have a shift, an eight-hour shift. After that, they go to the holodeck, they go to the rec room, they go to 10 forward or whatever, and they, or they go to bed and sleep. Oh. So somebody else is driving the ship during that time. Those people could easily drive the ship when 
our heroes go down to the planet's surface. Well, but then I'd send the B team. I mean, like wake up on uh, the night shift and send them down. I mean, here's the thing. Yeah. Let's say I'm the captain of a podcast crew. All right. And I'm going to the Planet British Fest. I'm going to want to take you guys. Mm-hmm. That is absolutely because you're terrible. my A team. Terrible analogy because there's no t- there's no we're, B team. Yeah, we're the <laughs> only <laughs> team there you're is. Gonna, you're going to grab Linda and the dogs <laughs> and take them to the podcast to you know, it's like down to British Fest. It's like because there's no B team. There's well, only the but A team. I, I, or there are the interns. If yeah, we got the interns, but let's say. <laughs> Let's say we had a B team. I'd still want to take my A team to the remote planet because it's unknown, and I want my top guys there. I want to know, you know, I want Spock with his tricorder scanning for alien life forms. I want Dr. McCoy analyzing the biology. I want, you know, Sulu and Chekhov looking for things well if there but but now if there's a if there's even the slightest like, chance of dying at british fest i i don't think <laughs> you're yeah, no i, I think, don't think you're, you're taking red shirts go. i'm yeah, not going yeah because yeah. <laughs> i because i i think if there's anything dangerous happens with this podcast like yeah. we're, we're sending betty yes <laughs> no it's allison <laughs> but the intern there's the two interns, of them bill <laughs> okay. Her yeah. name's Allison. <laughs> There's two of them, Audie. Her name's Allison. I could say it again. So I can, can I? do it. Yeah. But, but either way, but okay. So anything dangerous. Allison Betty is now our red shirt. So yes. there you All go. Right. All right, she's our red shirt. All right. So yeah. Okay. All right. Well, let's move on to my next story, because there's more exciting news in the world of sci-fi. Uh, HBO, HBO seems to be getting into sci-fi heavily, along with Amazon and Netflix and mm-hmm. everybody. Uh, HBO has nabbed a new script by J.J. Abrams with a series pickup, apparently without even a um, pilot being done. Um, source Sources previously have described the show as being centered around a world's battle against a monstrous, oppressive force. It's called Demimonde, which is French for half-world. Almost sounds like the Upside Down from Stranger Things. Do well, you guys watch Stranger Things? I have no idea. Well, I love Stranger, Stranger Things, things but it's like, that's about the most vague yeah, description of a show right, I've ever right. heard. Well, it says here there's more... Uh, so... Um, the word comes from Alexandra Dumas's Le Demi Mondand and refers to a distinct circle or world that is often an isolated part of a larger world. The half world. I don't know. Maybe they're leaving it vague in case it falls by the wayside and everybody will forget it quickly. <laughs> maybe. maybe. Right. But it's J.J. Abrams and he... I hope it's not a world world. Because... J.J. Abrams doesn't understand distance. In Star Wars, J.J. launched the super weapon in uh, The Force Awakens, Mm -hmm. and it immediately annihilated like nine or ten planets. Uh, He obviously doesn't understand what light speed is. Mm. And in fact, it's like if you think about uh, Star Trek Beyond, he, uh, no, Into Darkness, uh, he had the Enterprise 
uh, leave the Klingon Empire and arrive at Earth in about five minutes. So and you don't think about it when you're watching the movie, but then you sit back if you're if you're you know the kind of fan that likes to pick at things like like me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, uh, the Klingon Empire is very far away. Right. Weeks at full warp. Yes. There they are. Yeah. Fifteen minutes later, uh, crashing into Earth. So JJ doesn't get distance. So I hope it's not a world that's supposed to be far away because he just doesn't really quite grasp the concept. Well, maybe we just didn't see a lot of that time. The other thing is I I heard a solution the other day on that it might be more efficient as, as a kind of a surface area problem. It's rather than send people to Mars to just cut our planet in half or quarter. And send one half somewhere else. Yeah. Now you've you've decreased with the gravity, a, but with a increased. nuclear bomb. With a <laughs> nuclear bomb. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there might be some sharp corners there. Yeah. That, I mean, the <laughs> right. the flat earthers might have a point. At, yeah. At, at that at point. point. But, First uh, of all, no, they don't. And second <laughs> of all, no, I mean after it's been cut in half. After yeah. it's been cut in half, there would will, be a flat part. You'll have four spheres because they will automatically contract and on themselves. But it's like okay, continue. I just was engineer because this was <laughs> the French half world. It might just be yeah, the world's know, cut in half. That might be they're from the other half of a severed world. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So well, you constructed all that to well, there was no point. I know. Well, no, there was a point. Bill needed it. So <laughs> yes. thank you very much for indulging Bill in in well, that and. I mean, Bill went to this whole prostitution thing, and I just say maybe, maybe it's a little simpler. Maybe they just cut their world in half. I don't remember the, the prostitution. I didn't say anything about prostitution. Yeah, like, no, refresh me about the prostitution. Oh, did you not get there? I, oh. I didn't get that far in my notes. Well, so, uh, shame on me for spoiler being alert. Ahead. So the, the there's prostitution. The, well, so that Le Demi Mondain um, that talks about the distinct circle or world that is an often isolated part of a larger world that isolated world uh, in that particular um, work by Alexander Dumas is actually the world of prostitution. But I don't think that's going to be the case in J.J. Abrams' thing. I think that's just, they're just grasping at what they can, what they know about Demimond and what it might mean, possibly, uh, for J.J. Abrams' work. But I don't think it really has any bearing on it. So I have noticed that uh, with his versions of Star Trek and Star Wars. Yeah. There's a great deal more action. Mm. Great deal more action. And, oh, yeah. and, and, and Star Trek might have needed and it for it this almost, audience. Yeah. Well, well we're I find with, it actually boring. We're, we're, we're I would like to hear some story. Instead, it's just fire, 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 fire. But uh, what do you? Th- that's what millennials seem to want. People yeah. who grew up addicted to having an overflow of information all the time from all directions... Yeah. Maybe that is geared to engage Keep them. their attention, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. But I know I miss the old days of, of the original series. Where when there was there, actually a story. There was a story and an intellectual plot development and uh, a, a conclusion that was profound. And it's yeah. like, now, yeah, maybe not. And maybe that makes me sound like, you know, old man Johnny sitting on his porch throwing water balloons at kids telling them to get off my lawn. But, you know... Water balloons filled with but urine. It, 
No, no, that. <laughs> now that that's just wrong, man. Well, I mean, you're a cr- really cranky old man. <laughs> How cranky your are you? No, I would never. I would, like, never I, I would never. Okay, okay, Bill. Never. I would never do such a thing. Yeah, we'll see. Right. Uh, I didn't wait. even think yeah. of that. It's Put like, down that bag of balloons. Put yeah. that down. Yeah, right now. That's It's not that kind of podcast, man. No. But, but, but yeah, with the violence. Because none of these shows have had the, um, you know, the gun lobby or the anti-gun lobby. Or a collection, phaser collection on Sundays. Right. I don't think. You're talking about the Just new versions of the... Yeah. 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 Phaser I, collections on Sundays? Instead well, of the gun collections. Ah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Come to our, gun, our phaser show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But D- Tired some, of the three-day waiting period? Come to our phaser show. We will yeah. be glad to sell you. A phaser. Yeah. 100% legit. Come on down. <laughs> yeah. But you're talking about for the... For the uh, well, I just say... I, I don't care much for the, I don't care much, I don't care much for gunfights and sci-fi. Yeah. Either. I don't... I don't... Well, or, now, what do you think about the gunfights in The Expanse? Because... I think there's too many of them in, in... Yeah. There's too many close calls. I don't like too many close calls. Yeah. Yeah, where, where the dice should roll the other way once, once in a while. while. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I don't like, especially when you're taking on mm-hmm. the whole solar system. <laughs> yeah, well, but <laughs> trained, you take on trained Martian Marines, yes. Marines, and you win. Right. Yeah, that's not right. Even if you're somewhat capable yourself, you're not. It's just, but that's not how it plays out. <clears throat> but on the flip side, if you were the commander of the other ship and you think it's just this stolen ship of yours with a couple of amateurs on it you're gonna be like like in the initial episode where holden and his crew um got to that we're talking about the expanse right now yeah got to that martian ship right and then the martian ship saw these stealth ships coming towards it and the the captain of that ship was very cocky and thought they were just going to knock but, him out. But it turned out that they I, underestimated the ability of that ship. We, we may have to circle back around on this at some point, but I do forgive The Expanse a little bit because the premise in The Expanse is nothing has been solved. Like all our current problems are still our current. Right. Right. I mean, that's... right. Um, Earth itself may be united, but Earth now well, is at it, war with Mars, Mars and, and the people, belt. And, and people still acting machismo. Yeah. And there, there has not been, I think that, is, and that's one of the problems. I mean, well, they, they state that in the show that nothing, I mean. We haven't finished. And it's like, well, I, I feel there's some things coming up that yeah. are, are, that, that, at least some of these story plot lines have to have a finale. If nothing else, then that whole UN Secretary General thing has to be taken care of at some point. But yeah, so uh, so for the audience listening, we're we're discussing the expanse. Getting, well, no, they they two. know that, but season three, three. Sorry, they don't know that. <clears throat> but we're we never actually well, said that. No, Audie said that we're talking about the expanse, mm-hmm. and but um, so for everybody listening, um, Audie. 
Charles and John have not watched the season finale yet of uh, season three. We're on episode four, mm. I think. And or that five. is totally because of love, because I like watching it with you guys. I have them at home. And we appreciate that. And it's like, I, it was hard to stop. <laughs> it was actually yeah. hard to, it's like, because there's episode four right there. Oh, yeah. Oh, so, yeah. no, I won't do it. I right. won't do it. I will watch it with these guys. Now, and in full We're only up to episode three. I have three, seen the, the full season, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you're just that kind of guy. Right. <laughs> well, because. You didn't know that they were going to be available on Amazon. Right. So. And, right. And I didn't want to have to pay full price for them, so I could watch them free on Sci-Fi while they were available. And at the time. Everybody was getting caught up on, um, that was me, well, uh, everybody was getting caught up on Westworld, yeah, which we but, haven't even talked about. But I, I, I am going to say, my preference with sci-fi is that there be less... Wars, battles. Gunfights. Well, I don't, I, I don't mind the cultural, like, but, but, I mean, seriously, your exploratory ship packed with phasers and torpedoes... Yeah, again, Star Trek now. again, millennials. But it's like Gene Roddenberry's vision was: well, science fiction is not shoot 'em up. It's not yeah. space battles. It's putting humans in situations in the future where technology technology has changed society and how people change with it. And you can see that in the original Star Trek, and you can even see it in Next Generation and Voyager, uh, in Deep Space Nine. But these new ones. Are more flashy, more space battle-y, more mm-hmm. let's get the attention, and that's that's just what that is. And I, I dig where you're coming from, Charles. I agree with you one hundred percent. That's damn where millennials. Well, <laughs> it's, it's all violence. Well, it's it's that's what are we giving them? I mean, we sit them down and we used to sit, they sat us down in front of TVs. Yeah, that had like very little to watch. Now we've, they've got like three hundred channels plus phones. That have access to all the things, and it's like they're just they're they're not capable of of uh, knowing when to turn away from the screen. Yeah, yeah. And they 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 like bright lights and and heavy sounds and and they you instant know, gratification. Yeah, when you grow up, I'm good with that too. When you grow way. up playing uh, Grand Theft Auto, you think the only use for a crowbar is for hitting prostitutes with. So it's like, you know, it's a whole different world. There's the prostitution. We we came back to it. Yeah. Good. I'm glad. Recycled. <laughs> that was that was a, we were leaving that hanging. I'm <clears> glad <throat> that we took care of that. It's all done. Now, I know um I know you guys well enough to know that you're all fans of um the uh both the original and the remake of Cosmos. Yes. With yes. Neil deGrasse Tyson the remake. Um there's news now that Cosmos has been renewed for a second season by Fox and National Geographic. And again, Neil deGrasse Tyson will be hosting as he travels through space and time to uncover the universe's ultimate wonders. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. Oh, I am too. That'll I be, am too. That'll be huge. I mean, the remake was... I mean, the original was incredible when it came oh, yeah. out. The remake... Blew my socks off. So he I'm looking really forward to proper homage to Carl Sagan. Yeah. yeah. While also introducing new graphics yes. that uh, illustrate his points. Because if you if you go back to look at some of the Cosmoses, mm-hmm. uh, the effects were yeah the top of the line for what for they the could late do then. 70s. Yeah, mm-hmm. but it's like it's definitely 
That's it's worn. not. Uh, yeah. I'm going to expose my shame here. I have actually never seen the original Cosmos. Oh, oh that's yeah. a treat. I know of it. Yeah, but yeah. I. I'd watch it. It's, yeah. uh, it's actually pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Right. It's, it's it. especially if Sagan's your homeboy. Yeah, which you're is what your shirt, shirt. says. Yeah. You're, you got it on. <laughs> yeah, I got it. On. You're wearing the shirt. You have to. It's like, damn. Not even watching Cosmos. It's like you should take off that shirt. Well, but don't. <laughs> yes. Uh, with Carl Sagan, he would show up on the Tonight Show with Donnie Carson. Yeah. I'm six, seven years old. And I would sit and just listen to everything. I was mesmerized yeah, yeah. by uh, Carl Sagan. He had a, he had a charisma. <laughs> yeah, he, he did. did. And he could he talked about science and he made you it, he made me believe that we were going to live. But another season yes. because at that time the yeah. nuclear war was very real. Yeah. And it's like I'm pretty I'm kind of still surprised we didn't have a nuclear war. Well, it's but not it's over like, yet. Well, it's it it yeah. more it's and it much more stable than it was at that time. Yeah. But it's like, I, I honestly thought that the world was going to end. And he kind of talked to me in Cosmos and other things I heard him in. And I believed it wasn't. Yeah. He, I believed that people and could there be were, rational. There was and there a glimmer I, of hope there. Yeah, there was a glimmer of hope. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and that was Star Trek's whole And, and surprisingly, he never shot anybody through the whole series. <laughs> no, not, not once. Right. There wasn't. Yes. yes. Right. I think he almost shot Einstein with an arrow in one episode to illustrate Newton. Uh, Newton. Newton. Did he almost Newton. shoot Newton? I think so. Yeah. All right. All right. But what? no, I get where you're coming from. There, Yeah, there's no flashiness. There's no, yeah. Well, there's Neil a deGrasse little, there's Tyson a the same more. way. Never shot anybody. He almost clubbed a uh, wolf with a uh, burning stick, but right. well, shot Well, he was defending himself. There, well, yeah. there is a little violence. In, um, it wasn't like he was going after baby violence, seals. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it had a purpose. So I, I'm pretty excited to see what topics they'll cover. Because the first one was sort of like laid a foundation for people that, you know, don't know much about science. Mm-hmm. It kind of talked them, walked them through, mm-hmm. you know, evolution, for example, one mm-hmm. episode with the wolves and how the wolves change and became bears and things like who that. Who believe that science is a belief system. And yes, it's yeah. not because they treat it like science is the opposite, uh, especially for fundamentalist religious people. That science is the is opposes uh, fundamentalist religion, uh, but it doesn't. It's science is a methodology hmm. through which you discover the universe, uh, falsifiable, testable, you know, repeatable, repeatable uh, information. Yeah, and that's. All there is, and they hear the theory of evolution, and they think, it's just a theory. Theories are science's best understanding of how things work at a given time. And when you start making laws, and we don't make laws anymore, there's no more laws, because laws are hard to change. Mm-hmm. It's like the law of gravity. Does gravity act exactly the same all over the universe? No, it does not. Uh, there's places where it acts differently. Therefore, how can there be a universal law of gravity when gravity isn't universal everywhere? So, theories. You, you made a noise. There was no, a noise. I think there was a car hey, outside. I heard a noise. I'm okay, I'm okay with Brian. No, no, please, please. I want more law. <laughs> yeah. You, oh, you want more order? More you, law you, and order. You, well, want, and you want A to equal B all the time. No, that's, that is, that's okay. You want no, a more that consistent... Is, that is uh, how I make a living, so... Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Does engine... Does, 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 <laughs> no, no. I, does math always work? No. 
was should, at least for you. I mean, here, I mean, I'm talking like there's situations where. But no, you're right. Uh, but but no, yeah, yeah, it's really easy to fall under the illusion that gravity feels the same everywhere because we're only here on Earth. And it is feels different if you're someplace else. Well, in truth, we don't know what gravity is. It shares a lot of traits of acceleration, but it's not acceleration. It seems to get more intense the more mass that's in a certain place. Why? Time moves slower uh, the more mass there is in a given place. Yeah. We don't know what time is either. So it's like there's so many things we don't know about all this, yet we made a law of gravity. I know know what time is. It's up in my spice rack upstairs. It's <laughs> isn't that thyme? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> time? Yeah, if you pronounce rack. it as that, I think you're going to get punched. <laughs> Boy, that's some serious spice people that would be mad about that. Yes, they're yeah, they're yes. out there. Yes, there's people. Man. You you say that to a chef, and he's going to be like, "WTF, dude." Whack! <laughs> get out of my get out of my kitchen. <laughs> I just turned to him and say, "Why did you decide to go into a field that's loaded up with drug addicts?" And, and I'd leave. <laughs> Have a nice day. Right. Yeah, most kitchens, man. You don't want to really meet the people that work there. No. I'll tell you that right now. Twenty-five years in the restaurant business. Uh, yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. You don't want to meet them. Trust me. <laughs> just eat it. Anyway. Don't ask. Don't say I want to meet the chef. No. Just eat it. Right. You know, then go home and you be happy be with what you ate. And yeah. don't ask questions you don't want to know the answers to. Mm-hmm. Just don't. It's bad. Right. But there's, 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 here's my Johnny's little piece of wisdom for the week. Nice. There you go. Don't ask. Well, let's see. <clears throat> I think uh, it's about time for us to wrap up our first show. All We've right. uh, been going at it for about an hour now. So um, I think um, we... I want to thank our listeners for hanging in there with us. Hopefully you enjoyed our first attempt at podcasting. Yeah, um, I think we did pretty well. I, I had a good time. You, you did hit record, right? Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hoping you did. <laughs> we'll know soon. Yes. And then um, next time uh, we'll be back here. Um, we'll be talking about... Uh, British Fest, which will be almost upon us. It's two weeks away now, so our next podcast we'll talk about British Fest and um, what uh, what we're going to be doing there. Because in addition to broadcasting a live episode of this podcast, uh, John and I will be doing a couple other exciting things, which we won't talk about now. We'll save it as a surprise for later. Yes, at the moment it's a surprise to even me. <laughs> so <laughs> we will see. All right. So uh, thank you all for joining us. And uh, this is Bill. This is John. Charles. Audie. And we'll wish you a happy week, and we'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Galactic Driftwood Podcast. For more information and past episodes, please visit our website at galacticdriftwood.space. And now, please deactivate your cranial downlinks collect your towels, and be sure to watch your step as you exit the gravity well.